Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted, almost always weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week we'll be talking about the Browns, the only recount in America that mattered, and maybe, just maybe, a little Springsteen. But before I get to my two guests in this week's conversation, I would be remiss if I didn't explain why there was no episode posted last week. There was an episode three discussion. Denko and Burke joined me again, and we talked about the Browns' big win over Tennessee, Dolly Parton, and Denko's advice to Queen Elizabeth on the passing of her dog, Vulcan. Unfortunately, and to my eternal embarrassment, I did not record the conversation. We basically hung out for an hour with nothing but a good time to show for it, since I didn't hit one single button. The lesson, if there is one, and I hope that there is, is not about the embarrassing, unprofessional mistake. The lesson, hopefully, is about knowing that trying anything new is going to include mistakes. Some of those mistakes are going to be embarrassing, hard to admit, and probably hard to live down for a long time. But you move on and try to be better the next time around. So episode three is going to go down in the lore of this show as a fun episode that nobody ever gets to hear. But I'm ready to move on to episode four, and I'm thrilled to be joined tonight by two of the best ever. Tommy Burke is back. Hey, Gerbs. How's it going, bud? Good, buddy. And for the first time, we have Chuck Rimbaldo with us. Chucky, how are you? I'm great, man. I'm ready to pop my pod cherry. This is the first podcast I've ever done, I think. All right. Well, buddy, we are going to get into it. You ready to get started? I'm ready. All right, Tommy, let's start with you tonight. Rapid technological advancements are changing the global economy and how we measure success and growth. With classic variables like car sales and factories possibly being overweighted and new technologies like cell phones and green technologies underweighted, is GDP still an accurate measure of prosperity? You know, that's a great question, Gerber. I was actually thinking about that all week. <laughs> I, I think GDP is still the way to go. What does GDP stand for? Gross domestic product. Well done. And on that note, I'm going to go ahead and just stop. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's move ahead into our first segment and uh, start talking a little bit about Cleveland sports. And our nine and four now Cleveland Browns after a game last night that I'm not sure I've fully processed yet everything that happened. Coverage seems today seems to be pretty great. Everybody says this was the best game of the NFL season. I think I can think of nine Browns games I liked better than this one, but a crazy game for sure. I think lots of good and bad. And so that's where I wanted to start. Chucky, why don't you tell us what are the good things you saw from the Browns in the game last night? Oh man, what may be an elite offense, you know, when they are down 14, part of me said it's over. Like, do, uh, is there anything else I could be doing except getting upset on a, on a Sunday night? And to see them come back down 14 twice, uh, you know, I, I would hope the conversation is not like, should they pick up Baker's option? It Should they start talking about some sort of extension? I loved how competitive the offense was. Uh, you also <laughs> learned how exposed the, the defense was. Uh, but, it, it, you know, like, I don't know if there's such a thing as an enjoyable loss, but I felt pretty good. I, you know, like, I didn't go to bed angry or wake up today. I just like, you know, th they prove they're a much better team than they were the first time they played them. And that was encouraging to me. I don't want to be mad about uh, a loss to a, a MVP in a really great team. Yeah, I think that there were a couple points in that game where I thought, this is where the Browns fold, and they didn't. That was really good to see. What about you, Tom? Yeah, I like the confidence out of Baker for sure. You never saw it on his face that he was down or that he was he cared that they were down by 14. He kept coming at him, and he was aggressive. 
like the play calling. Obviously, the defense was suspect, but um, we will be getting, hopefully we're going to get Ward back this week. I mean, obviously he's missed. Our secondary was struggling, but the holes that they were leaving open, you know, to, to let Lamar just tear him apart, that was rough. But the offense was a lot of fun to watch. And for them to just keep coming back and fighting was great. I, I agree with Chuck. I, I didn't go to bed mad at all last night because I felt like we have some pieces coming back on our defense. We had some tough injuries on our defense. Harrison was having a nice season, you know, until he got injured. So, you know, it puts more weight on Sendejo, which um, <laughs> is never a good thing. Quit jumping ahead, Tom. We're supposed to be talking about the good things. Right? <laughs> I focus on most of the good stuff. And I don't believe that you didn't go to bed mad about anything last night tom i i believe maybe you didn't go to bed mad about the browns but oh yeah i, I don't mean that i didn't have any anger at all i just the browns <laughs> game itself didn't exactly piss me off so chuck what were the things you saw that you didn't like out of the browns last night oh man a suspect defensive scheme to contain lamar jackson i guess but at the same point the more i watched him i can't imagine how many more rushing yards he would have had if he didn't slip 10,000 times on the mm-hmm. turf the more again the more i watch it you realize like dude is such an elite athlete you don't even need to pass and they can win a game granted browns d's injured and blah 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 but like tommy said it right like he carved them up and there was no answer for it that was the most disappointing thing i think i saw was just the complete ass whipping that he did by himself basically yeah when, when was the last time you can think of a team winning an nfl game based solely on what one guy was doing i mean that's that was absurd yeah tom what about you i know you've already said some bad stuff because yeah. you're not <laughs> accused right uh, yeah, i don't know i don't know maybe we focus. do need to script this <laughs> <laughs> i have a lack of focus it was um it was definitely tough to watch. I mean, some of those holes were just huge. And the fact that this is a team that we face twice a year, and I realize we keep switching coaching staffs, but we just cannot seem to come up with a scheme to keep him in the pocket and force him to throw. Teams have been able to beat the Ravens this year, and they figured out ways to do it. Now, I get Lamar was – he did miss a couple games too. You know, there are teams that have been able to scheme for him and to try to at least – cut down on his rushing attack you know at least at least try to keep him under like 300 yards or whatever the hell he had last night because it felt that's what it felt like at least but i mean they were just you know i I just don't even know i can't even tell you what the scheme was that we were trying to to use didn't seem like we really had a good plan there and it's it's just odd i mean this is this is a guy you're going to face twice a year you better start figuring it out Tommy, at any point during the game, did you think about canceling your kid's trip to the Richard Higgins receiving camp this summer? <laughs> that whole first quarter, uh, yeah. I, I I actually don't even want my money back. I just ripped them up. I, I ripped the pieces. That is that was insane. I, I don't know what was happening. It was it wasn't even like he was dropping it. It was it was like the ball was hitting him in the hands, and he was almost just throwing it out of bounds. He luckily made up for it later. Yes, he um, did. He did pick it up by the end of the he game. He ended up having a pretty darn good game. I believe I texted everybody. I'm like, what, what exactly is happening right now with this guy? It's like he has no clue. Like he's never yeah. played before. Uh, it was a little, little weird. I'll tell you, one of the things that stuck out for me was bad, and I think it got overlooked by that big win in Tennessee. But there were a lot of penalties again. It's two weeks in a row they've had a lot of penalties like they did in the games last year where they just couldn't get out of their own way. And it just it kills drives or it extends drives for the other team. And 
I think they got away with it in Tennessee because they built up that huge lead, but I think it hurt them last night. It's it's a killer, and I think part of the reason of that is now, like I'm saying, you're seeing the evolution of this offense that it could be explosive at any time. You know, like it's the first year when it's fourth and six. It's like, Why I, not? I, I, yeah, I never went <laughs> like, there's no way they're going to get this. Uh, I, right. I never had that feeling last night. Yeah, uh, penalties, they're they're fun. I enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. When my when my nine and ten year old, because I actually was, you know, tried to turn it into a little time to hang out and watch the game a little bit, they didn't last very long. But when they're when a nine and ten year old starts complaining about the fact that they're seeing the ref so much, they were literally getting <laughs> angry at all the penalties. And they never really watch football with me, but they, they happen to notice just how many penalties were being thrown. You know, that's a problem. That's a- and that's just not a fun game to watch. I mean I mean, I get it. I mean, you got you obviously got to call the the obvious stuff. I think they were getting a little carried away with the flags last night, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, some of the, some of it looked like weak calls. I think there was a pass interference call on the Browns really early in the game that was yeah. uh, terrible. At- yeah, even the announcer said it was just a right. touch. Uh, but I mean, it's just the things like false starts and stuff yeah, like that, or like illegal motion or something like that. You just come on, get it together because you can't have those kind of mistakes. And, and win a game like that against, even though their record might not show it right now, that's a really good team. And you can't blame it on the crowd noise for having a false start <laughs> or you know, whatever. Yeah, that might have been my favorite part of the game where 12,000 fans and Baker had to quiet them. Yeah, when he that was pretty the line, cool. Was they, like, were, they were pretty getting pretty uh, darn loud. A uh, lot of good coverage today on the game, but the best thing I read was from a guy on the ringer about when Lamar left the game. And there's this question about whether he was cramping up or he was taking a dump. And the guy said that it was almost the costly, the most costly dump since Travolta and Pulp Fiction. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Oh, that was a good line. Chuck, what do you think? Was he cramping up or was he taking a dump? I would hope it wasn't a dump because that would have been a very long one. <laughs> yeah. Considering like yeah, he ran on a while. the field and ran up the tunnel. And I was when they showed him running up the tunnel, I was hoping that that dude coming out of the locker room at the same time was going to smash into him and, and make it a real injury. But I, I would <laughs> assume it was cramping because even explosive diarrhea does <laughs> not last for 20 to 25 minutes. Right. If anything, that could be very quick. You know, it, it, it could have been the dumping causing cramping. I mean, who knows? It could be very related to each other. Um, this is when we need Denko. We, yeah. we need a medical opinion. Right. I don't know what the hell was wrong with him. All I know is that when I saw him coming running back out, I knew we were done. Yeah. I knew it was going to be the storyline. Like, here he comes. He's going to come right back in the game. They're going to score. And, and I don't think I thought that they would score immediately. Yeah. You know? Like, maybe yeah. it'll take like them a play or two to get field. back into the flow. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, that was unexpected. Um, so, what do we think the Sandejo moment of the game was? For well, me, mine was before the game. You go ahead, Chuck. Well, if it was before the game, you should go because mine was actually the <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't see one really beating it. Before the game, they did the big story on Baker. Keyshawn, he's a, he's a real treasure the way he interviews. What a story. You know, he did the whole thing on Baker, and then they come back, and, of course, the, the people doing the game, they're, they're talking about Baker. They're showing him. The offense is kind of getting ready, running some plays. And somehow, there's not one defensive player around. Somehow, Sandejo just comes right into the shot. Out of all the people that it could have been, there's Sandejo coming in. Like he knew they were doing the story and he just wanted to get some airtime. <laughs> I thought it was pretty great. Chucky, what's your. Yeah, in game, celebrating this at all, I'll explain it. When he got concussed, when he yes. literally met J.K. Dobbins at the goal line, I thought 
Dear Lord, I haven't seen a safety try to hit like that in a very long time that played for the Browns. Granted, he's on the losing end more than often. Yeah, but the fact that that big of a game, that bright of the lights, this dude does not care, and he's going full steam, and, and he paid dearly for it. And I don't know if you saw that uh, J.K. Dobbins yeah. tweeted about it, and then he had to take yeah. it down. He deleted and, it, yeah. Yeah, what a jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk stress, yeah. and then he pulled it down because everybody was like, dude, yeah. he, he has a concussion. Right. We, we do this in jest, and we do this for fun, but nobody wants a guy getting hurt. No, no. Concussions no. are serious things, me. and I hope he's going to be all right. It My Sandejo moment was – the drive in the third quarter when Lamar was still the quarterback and the Browns desperately needed a stop. I think they were only down by a score, but you knew they were running out of time to come back down too. And Sandejo got absolutely smoked and Jackson just overthrew the receiver by like 10 yards going towards the end zone. And so it counts as a stop. Yeah, <laughs> they got off the field. They got him to punt. <laughs> you know, they got the ball back, but it had nothing to do with Sandejo because he was beat by you know five or six yards. Yeah, exactly uh, why you need to make Lamar throw the ball. Right. Yeah, right. he can right. make some passes, but you're much better off making him throw. Maybe that was um, the plan. Maybe Sandejo was deking him. He's like, I'm gonna yeah. make you make you think this guy's open so that you overthrow him. Maybe well, I mean, just, just playing seeing, on a different level. Just seeing Sandejo out there should make you want to throw the ball. I mean, I'd be throwing <laughs> all over. Oh, he, oh, he's back there. All right, let me just go ahead and throw this up there. Well, since he's hurt and he's probably not going to clear protocol, does that mean next episode of Pod, whoever is replacing him, you're looking for their moment. He's not on the field. Sandeo could still have a moment on the sidelines. You never know. You know, Chuck, you raised a really interesting question. Management's going to have to get get together this week and figure out how we solve that one (laughs) before next week's pod. I'm not sure what to say. I think it's still going to be the Sandejo moment. We're just going to have to give it to somebody who does something Sandejo-ish. And I think we have some options in the secondary because we've got some guys who, who aren't real good playing back there right now so well like i said hopefully denzel is back this week they said he's supposed to be practicing because we are definitely weak back there and absolutely no depth whatsoever i'm hoping you know this is another conversation for another time that they address that that you know maybe you pay a lot of money for receivers and skill position i get that but maybe (laughs) just maybe Maybe any of that back seven let's talk linebackers too we need anybody to actually be good at those positions at a consistent NFL level. The secondary should be good. It's just they're so banged up. They, they don't Williams have the guys is, they're expecting to. Yeah. You know, you draft Greedy Williams, the guy's never on field. He what, played a couple games his first year, and I feel like he hasn't been back since. And then Delpit got hurt in the preseason. Another draft pick gone for the season. It's it's unfortunate. You know, they try to add to those positions, but can't get them on the field. So tell me, guys, with this loss now dumping the Browns to nine and four, our next two games are against the Giants and the Jets. And then we have the Steelers to close out the season. Are those two games in New York now must win games for the Browns? to make the playoffs. And before you answer, the Colts right now are nine and four. They play the Texans, the Steelers, and the Jags to close out the year. So I don't think it's unreasonable to think they're going to finish 11 and five. The Dolphins are eight and five. They play the Patriots, the Raiders, and the Bills. So 10 and six, nine or seven, maybe. The Ravens are eight and five, and they play the Jags, the Giants, and the Bengals. So I think it's almost guaranteed that they're going to be 11 and five. And then you have the Browns at nine and four with the Giants, the Jets, and the Steelers to go eleven and five, which I think might be the number to get in. 
they have to win those two games because I'm not sure the Steelers may have something to play for still in that last week. And I don't think I don't want that one to be our must win. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't want it to be the must win. I think we, I mean, the way the Steelers have looked the last few games, they're definitely beatable. I definitely feel a lot more confident going into that game, but two New York teams are teams you have to beat. You want to make the playoffs. You got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Giants have been getting better. They actually have been playing better football, but we should be able to beat the Giants. The Jets, we definitely should beat. I think we win that game against Pittsburgh, in my personal opinion, but in my opinion, it really doesn't matter. It does here, Tom. It does yeah. here. It always does. Yeah, I guess I guess here is the one place it does. Kind of why I'm on the show. <laughs> yeah, um, you're exactly right. If I were them, I bring it. I bring everything you got against these these two New York teams and get those wins because you don't want to leave it up to going head to head against Pittsburgh. Although it would make for an exciting game. I think the perfect cliche is one that all of us who are athletes in previous years have heard is like controlling your own destiny. How many times has some coach said yeah. that to you, right? So I agree with Tommy. I think they could beat the Steelers if they play like they did offensively the last two games. So I think they 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 went out. I love that the, they moved the flex game because the Giants had won four in a row and then they were a steaming pile of shit this oh, Sunday. Yeah. It looked terrible. <laughs> uh, so bad. like, oh, this is great. Two young quarterbacks. And then yeah. man, look awful. I want that Giants team to show up on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, for uh, sure. Their defense is good. Our offense should be better. Uh, the Jets, you know, like I don't want to say gimmies, but gimme, gimme. And then the Steeler game, I think, uh, like last night, I thought it was the most important Browns game since they returned in 1999. And it sets up that next phase is the Steeler game might be the most important game they played since 1999. I just, I, I think the team has gotten consistently better offensively as the season's gone on. Even with injuries, I, I they can win all three. I think they have to win all three. All right. So this is our first ever Matt Miller school of driving pump the brakes moment <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> uh, I think it's asking a lot for them to pull off all three to win the last game of the year with against the Steelers when they may be playing for, you know, home field advantage or a home game in the playoffs, but I'll take two out of three. So Chucky pump the brakes. I don't see Roethlisberger running all over us. So I think the defense is going to keep him contained. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. I, I do. I, you want to be a great team, win all three of these games. Yeah. Agreed. All right, guys. Listen, I have never wanted this to be a podcast about social or political issues because I only want to have a good time. But I can't imagine us talking about Cleveland sports and not mentioning the fact <laughs> that the Cleveland Indians are changing their name after the 2021 season. This is a safe place. You're in the trust tree. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> I think this is a question that doesn't have a right or wrong answer, but I wanted to get your takes on the fact that our, our beloved Cleveland baseball club is no longer going to be the Indians in a couple of years. Tom, why don't you go first? I think it's ridiculous, honestly. I don't think Cleveland Indians, I think you could have found a way to use that in a fashion. You know, I get, I get that they had a problem with Chief Wahoo. Okay. Still annoys me that that was taken away, but you know, it, it, I can at least accept the argument on that. But just to be the Cleveland Indians, I get Redskins being offensive. Cleveland Indians use it in a way to honor Native Americans in some way. Tried to make it a, you know, a, a good thing. Cause I've, I've actually seen a lot of interviews and things with some Native Americans that are actually big fans of the Cleveland Indians. They like it. Obviously, you have the other side of the coin, too, but it sounded like they were almost keeping it for the year, which I find very odd. It, either it's a problem or it's not. And if it's a problem, then why would you still have it for one more season? The only things I've heard are that they are keeping the name for the 2021 season. There must be a reason why they don't want to change it too quickly. I mean, maybe this is softens the blow to spread it out over a year. And then, you know, in that time, you have 
a new name that you can start building up and a new brand you can start building up. But that would be the only reason I could think they would keep it for the season. It just doesn't make sense. And, and I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here, but like the fact that it, it almost feels like they're forced, they're being forced to change the name. Not my personal mm-hmm. feeling like if they should keep it or not, but they're not prepared to like prepared to change it immediately. Right. Uh, like, or, yeah, you're going to have one more year with it. I guess I'm not too upset that it's going away. I mean, I, I think uh, started seeing that coming a few years ago. I mean, I haven't yeah. worn a Chief Wahoo hat or jersey in three or four years. I just hope the, the name is either equal or better to what it is. And that's what's yeah. going to be the problem. Like, if they come and say we're going to be like the Cleveland Rocks, I will vomit. Yeah. <laughs> I hate like, I'm not a big fan. I, I saw some betting odds that spiders are like plus 200. Yeah. Like, I don't like spiders. Uh, you yeah. Know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of spiders. I can't see a cool logo with a spider, but it'll suck. Oh, it plays it's right good. into like the Marvel comic thing, though, right? With Spider Man. Be fantastic. I guess, yeah. I guess you could. Yeah. I guess the naming rights. <laughs> That's half the movie that. industry now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, I have a lot of love for the Indians just because of how many games I went to and how many times I watched games with you guys and, and enjoyed that or went to games and sat in tour succeed or when you smashed my hand, grabbing a foul ball. That's what I, I mean. Like, I know you don't think you did it. You did it. Uh, Garbage. <laughs> Garbage. But like, Made up uh, shit. Yeah. Like, That's why I'll, we call this conspiracy <laughs> corner with Tom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll miss it. I'm excited to see what they come up with because the block C is not cutting it for me right now. So I'm hoping there's no. some sort of decent logo. That's all yeah. I'm hoping for here. It's going to be hard to see it go. And it's going to be so hard to change because it's something that we grew up with. It's hard to see something like that go. I'm, I'm not upset about it changing. I'm of the belief that things that were done a hundred years ago aren't necessarily the way we do things now. I agree that, you know, coming up with something really good and not something cheesy is the most important thing. I kind of like the spiders just because that was a team that was here for a long time before the Indians. Cleveland blues was another one that I I thought sounded really good, but I think we've got that's kind of a Columbus thing. Yeah. So that, so hopefully they, they, they take the time and they take the year to usher the name out appropriately. And I think Tommy's right, man. Let's, let's use it as a way to honor uh, indigenous people. Uh, I agree with you. I've got three kids that are half native American and they've never once been offended by the name, the Indians. They also weren't offended by the Redskins. So <laughs> because they should have been bothered by that one, but I think I like the way the Indians are handling this better than the way the Redskins are. Cause I really felt like the Redskins did it out of spite because they had to, because of the things that were happening in our culture and our country this year, where I think the Indians have been working on this for two or three seasons. I think you've seen Wahoo slowly, but surely disappearing from the uniform and disappearing from the stadium. And they've been wearing the block C for, a long time as their primary game hats. So I think this is just kind of the end of the road that these guys are making a business decision that it's better for them in the long run to make the change. It is going to be tough to see it go. I understand a lot, a lot of people are really upset about it. I have family members who are really upset about it. Facebook is really, really upset. (laughs) Overall, it's going to happen. Might as well get used to it. To me, the most important thing is still the Cleveland baseball team, uh, still the team that I'm going to follow. Still going to go. I still call it the Jake, even though I changed it to progressive field long yeah. time ago. So maybe we can just keep, we can keep calling them the Indians on the pod if you guys want to. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of my take on it. But I appreciate you guys weighing in because this is something. Definitely people on opposite sides of this in Cleveland and, and definitely people 
upset about it either way. And it's always good to be able to have nice, normal conversations with good people and not end up having to cancel each other, or yell at each other, or threaten physical harm of some kind. I'm always in for a good rebrand. I honestly think that this was a move by the Dolans also because Chief Wahoo did go away and they're not going to make money off the Block C. So let's change rebrand and make money off a new yeah. brand. That's why, that's why I think they're making the move. I mean, two, two of the three of us worked for the Dolans years ago at the yeah. movie theater. <laughs> and they were yeah. terribly cheap then. Uh, and they're terribly <laughs> cheap now. So, you know, like bigger picture if they strip payroll and rebrand and their lease is coming up i i, I wonder if they put that team up for sale because i know it would make a lot of people happy they yeah. bitch about ownership a lot yeah. but I, I just wonder if you strip it down to the bones and and you, and you dump it and you know make an unbelievable amount of money and, and hopefully somebody who cares more i guess not not that it's been terrible like it's been a great run for Boy, a market team i wish we had a little bit more time tonight because i think that's a that's a huge topic because i understand these guys have never had the deep pockets to fund a team the way you can in baseball unlike in any other sports where there are salary caps but man it's hard to argue with how they've run that organization they they have yeah. been consistently good for 10 years now uh, yeah. And not a lot of crazy turnover in the front office or, you know, at manager and only two managers in the last 15 years, probably they do what they can. Anyway, that is a topic for another day. But with this, I think we will take our first break and then move into talking about some college sports and other stuff happening in the NFL. This week's episode of Unprofessional and Unprepared is brought to you by Soup. Warm, delicious and perfect on a cold day or evening. Soup is the soft, wet meal in a bowl that says you are either a small child or moving past the center line of middle age. Like warm tea, but with chunks. Soup is that easy-to-digest and hydrating meal that you probably never thought about eating in your 20s and 30s, but sounds like a great treat as 40 starts to enter the rear-view mirror. Is it Friday night? Great! Grab your sweats, a knit blanket, and turn on your favorite sitcom about being a parent. But don't forget your soup. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We are on to segment two and heading out onto the road. And the first thing we're going to discuss is the only recount that mattered. Uh, the Big Ten decided this week that it no longer needs to count to six. So the Ohio State Buckeyes will not need to play in or win, I guess, six games to get into the Big Ten championship. And Chucky, I'd like to know uh, if you are surprised at all by the fact that the Big Ten made this change. I'm not. Uh, I know I'm not the biggest Ohio State fan like Tommy is, but I haven't missed a game this year uh, that they've played. <clears throat> and to me, it, it made sense, right? From from an economic standpoint, from a rating standpoint, it, it doesn't matter. Ohio State is bigger than the Big Ten. Uh, they are a top five football program in the country year in, year out. So to me, you have to have them in that game, whether they played one game or 12 games. It didn't matter to me. Who would have played if Ohio State didn't get in? <laughs> Any idea? Indiana? Yeah, who would who, who would move in other than yeah. you mean in the Big Ten championship game or in the net in the uh, in the Big playoff? Ten championship game? It would have been Indiana. I was right because Indiana had enough. <laughs> Indiana had enough games, and they would they're the next best team on our side of the bracket on the Ohio State side of the conference. So Tommy, tell me all the reasons why you disagree with what Chuck just said. I thought Chuck was brilliant in his answer. <laughs> no, they absolutely belong in there. If you were to watch any of the football this year. I'm going to go ahead and turn my phone off. All right. 
<laughs> hey, that was my first mistake. So. Hey, All embarrassing right, mistakes happen, Tom. We we learned about that. <laughs> embarrassing mistakes happen. We're not going to cut it out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So anyways, uh, apparently there's an ESPN alert, and it's about the Indians, of course, changing their name. So um, I definitely think they belong in there, no matter how many games they've played. If anybody's watched this team play, and I've watched a lot of the college football because what else is there to do? There's no way they're not one of the top four teams in this country. I mean, they're, they have talent everywhere. Yes, they need some work on defense, um, which I think will improve. You know, it, it also doesn't help the fact that, you know, that they, they aren't playing week to week. So every time they're going out there, they're a little rusty. There's there's no doubt they're one of the top four teams. So whether it's five or whether it's six games, and they'll get their six, they get a chance to Northwestern, you know, so they'll get a little bit of a test there. They, they belong in the top four. I tried to get uh, Greenberg to join us tonight because he's a uh, – Mike Greenberg from ESPN is a Northwestern grad, but he hasn't, uh, he hasn't responded <laughs> to my email or my text message or my phone call or the DMs that I sent him. Do we do we think there's any real test there in Northwestern, honestly, or is Ohio State just rolling on to the championship? I think they roll. I don't even know. I don't know what the line is. Did the line open up at like 21 or somewhere in there? That would make sense. It, it's probably going to be in somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah I haven't yeah. seen it yet either. I think they stomp Northwestern. I think that's, I've seen actually watched part of a Northwestern game. Tommy's right; they're a pretty decent team. And the only thing I remember them ever being good was who is their running back? Like Adrian Dantley. Maybe oh, uh, like in the 90s, that's who it was? I know Pistons, I think. Oh, shit. That's their home score. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there you. was a very you good running You are really back. unprepared for a night. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I don't remember. I think he even played a little bit in the NFL. He did play I in the NFL. Yeah, I cannot remember his name. But Ohio State no, rolls, right? Me. I mean, Northwestern's strength in their defense is their linebackers, I believe. And Ohio State's too deep. I don't. If they practice twice before this game, I still think they win by 27. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would agree. There's nobody at Northwestern that are going to cover these wide receivers. They're just too talented. You could throw all day if you want, but you know, mixing the run just for fun. But it's uh, yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to be that much of a matchup. But you know, hopefully Northwestern at least puts forth decent effort. So we, it, you know, it, it looks better for Ohio State that they went against a, a tough competition. But I, I think they'll they'll blow them out. Maybe they keep it close early, but eventually they'll break away. It was Darnell Autry. I googled it. Is that who it was? Darnell Autry. That, that, running back? that sounds familiar, that but I, guy, I actually yeah. think it's a different name. All right. I'll keep looking. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens to Ohio State's spot in the national playoff if COVID keeps them from playing this game? Well, that's that's going to be up, obviously, to the committee as to whether they've seen enough from them. But you got to really hope that that doesn't happen. If that, if that does, there's there's you know obviously been plenty of people in the national media pushing for these other teams, saying obviously Texas A&M and some of these other schools have played all these games, and they should be angry that they're not getting in and not getting a chance. You know, Ohio State's only played five games. You'll get a lot more of that, and so there'll be a lot more pressure on the committee to possibly bump them. I personally don't think that they bump them either way. What about you, Jackie? I'm with Tommy. I don't know who you put in there. A&M is decent, right? Is Coastal Carolina still undefeated? They are. They are. I mean, so, they so are. there's like a Cinderella factor there. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I would. I love that game last undefeated. weekend. Cincinnati's undefeated. But, but again, they're, they're not a draw compared to, to the Buckeyes. Coastal I mean, Carolina A&M. just barely got past Troy this past week. So well, they had, Troy is a powerhouse, Tom. True. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Do they play? Uh, I don't even know what conference Coastal Carolina is in. Do they play a conference championship, or was that it against Troy? I know they still have one more game scheduled because I started to look at them too as a possible opponent for the for the Buckeyes if we needed an extra game. And I know they do have another one still scheduled on the nineteenth. So 
and it wasn't it was somebody who was ranked but still it was louisiana state i think not lsu uh louisiana tech or just straight louisiana i think university of louisiana who somehow is ranked which i didn't know they have the raging cajuns is that i believe i believe they are All right man is that where the the water boy went to school was that his <laughs> indeed yes <laughs> is the still the coach that's awesome man. we haven't heard more about those guys this year yeah really so maybe more interesting for the playoff than what happens to Ohio State, because I tend to agree with you guys that even if for some reason they can't play this game, they're getting in. I mean, they've they've only played five games and they've been ranked in that four spot the entire time they've been doing the polls. So why would they move them now? But in the ACC championship game next weekend, Clemson is playing Notre Dame. So you've got two of the top four teams right now are playing each other. What do you think, Tommy, happens if Notre Dame wins that game and Clemson then has two losses? They're not going to move Clemson out of there. They'll keep them in there, even though two losses, you're going to have teams like A&M and them complaining. But for whatever reason, Clemson always gets that respect. They're not even counting really that first loss because Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing. So to them, that wasn't even a loss. I mean, they moved from one to four when they lost that game. And then they've already leaped over Ohio State in the three spot. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it keeps it clean if they're there. And I don't yeah. care. People get upset every year and who cares but right. people want to see i'd rather see clemson play with two losses than a&m play right. or cincinnati play so I mean, a&m if, barely got got by a vanderbilt team i was going through their schedule because i'm like what you know why is texas a&m so upset about you know whatever and, and you're and not beat, doing this they beat to, florida you, you're not florida. doing this to prepare for the pod you're, you're just doing this to bolster your arguments about <laughs> just like with your friends and family about why ohio state should be in <laughs> pretty, pretty much yeah <laughs> If you had a job, I do it, I do it for my own argument in my you. head. <laughs> I have my own argument. I have whole conversations going on in my head, and then I have to look things up and see. Um, so, and do you guys both think that if Clemson wins, Notre Dame gets that one loss? Does Notre Dame stay in even if Cincinnati's still undefeated? Texas A&M still has only one loss, and and I assume either one of those would have won their at that point would have won their conference championships. And for me, because of bias, like. I used to love Notre Dame when I was younger. Now I just don't like them at all. So if they lost, I'd be more than happy to have A&M in there. But again, they are revenue and ratings machine. They are one team that had a contract with NBC for however many years, Hmm. no matter how good or bad they were. Even here in Erie, Pennsylvania, one of our sport talk stations carries Notre Dame football. Uh, so I think from a, from a ratings perspective, even if they lose, they they probably would stick. Even though I, I'd rather see Troy, I, I don't anybody else, <laughs> because I don't like Notre Dame anymore. After Rudy, it was the apex. After that movie came out, I was done with <laughs> Notre Dame. Was never getting any better. It's after you met him, right? I did. He spoke at Rudy, right? I, I yeah. did not meet Rudy. I wasn't there. You weren't uh, there. No, he gave a speech in the uh, auxiliary gym. <laughs> <laughs> I have pure hatred for Notre Dame. Cannot haven't been able to stand them for a long time. I think if they if they were to lose, there's no way they're dropping them out of the top four. They've had them in the top two, obviously since they beat Clemson. They've had some nice wins. They played some tough teams. UNC was a tough team that they beat. UNC had a huge win this yeah. past weekend against Big Miami. Win. Yep, and it blew them out. They got a nice resume, so I, I just don't think you. You knock them out. They're going to be in the top four no matter what. Uh, whatever happens in this game, it's not going to matter. It'll just so, make it easier for the committee to keep Clemson in. So at this point, with the conference championship game still to come, there there really is no chance at all that the top four changes. Like, it's set. Well, not Ohio State loses to Northwestern. Well, they're out. Is, is, you think so? 
Oh, absolutely. No, they can't lose to Northwestern. Ohio State cannot lose a game and stay in. I, I really don't think Ohio State can afford a hiccup. They, they've already been wanting to move them out of there just because of the amount of games that they've played. To have them There's really nobody to else to move them out for, though. No, they'll move, they would move Texas A&M in with the one loss. Obviously, ratings-wise, and as far as the, the networks, Fox has already been very upset with the Big Ten and how they've handled this whole thing. I mean, obviously, as far as ratings go and money goes, they want Ohio State in. But if you lose to a Northwestern, they're going to move you out. In my All right. Moving on from college football uh, to college basketball. Earlier this week, Duke canceled its entire non-conference schedule of games and got called out by the Alabama coach, Alabama's basketball coach, <laughs> who I'd never heard of before. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, I am no fan of Coach K. I am no fan of Duke. I'm not really sure the Alabama coach <laughs> was too intimidating when he when he called Coach K out. But uh, I'm wondering what you guys think if we're going to have a college basketball season this year. Yeah, I mean, I know between that and Baylor basically canceling their first week of games, right, or two weeks of games. I don't know how you how you avoid it, right? So I don't mind a school like Duke, whether you like them or hate, being somewhat proactive and saying we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything non-conference, because I assume what they're banking on is is that most other programs will follow suit once they start having positives that it would just make sense to play within your conference and not travel all over and, and, and mitigate risk as best as you can for your team. It, it doesn't bother me. Basketball, college basketball, to me, has kind of it's kind of changed now. I used to love it and I still love it, but it used to be only like turn tournament time because I, I don't ever want to wear the cat tank that's why I'm somewhat <laughs> I'm somewhat into it but it's it's hard it's a weird season for every sport with COVID whether they're your children or college athletes or or pros so uh, you can't predict what's going to happen so if, if you're at least trying to lessen a blow if it does happen I'm fine with it you know it doesn't bother me well I had I mean, heard that coach K was very much afraid of Alabama um, and having to face them <laughs> at some point so he was trying to obviously avoid that game i'm not even sure if they were on the schedule just at the off chance that they would actually have to play them i think he was just trying to take that on right you never know you never yeah. know when they can just pop into the conference and sure, start playing absolutely. games and you're yeah. stuck right right and alabama uh, always a basketball powerhouse right but during these times i think it's really just because coach k doesn't want to deal with it he's got to be what is he like 80 now I don't even know. He's getting up there in age. He's in that range where he's, you know, he's worried. He's waiting for the vaccine. So let's let's get rid of those games and only play in the conference. But I, I agree. College basketball, I have actually been watching a little more this year just because, again, there's not a whole lot to watch. And I'll take whatever sports I can get. I miss the days of college players that actually, you know, they stuck around for three, four years. And you got to actually know them. And it's not just a one and done situation. And I mean, those those years back in the 90s with the Buckeyes and stuff like that. I mean, that those were that was when I really enjoyed college basketball now i mean you know you sometimes you'll have a let's say a kyrie irving who goes to duke get all excited for kyrie irving then he gets injured never even plays and then goes to the nba so i don't I mean, know you learn kind of, not to be excited about kyrie irving pretty right. quickly right yes absolutely <laughs> yeah now, then i'm just not very excited i mean obviously all these guys have big egos but like his ego is just out of control at this point i think he's he's always been like a weird bird once he started talking yeah. about flat earth and stuff flat earth yes you know yes. like it was like oh okay you know they give him a little pat he's our He's a Cleveland guy, cool, flat earth. And then <laughs> it just gets a little weirder and more out there. And all right, man, like, yeah. good luck with all that. I, I don't he care. Makes he makes that three-pointer. I'll I yeah. put up yeah. with the flat earth. Yes, stuff. of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. He, he <laughs> hit one of the he greatest. He misses that shot. I kick him in the nuts when he talks about that. <laughs> yeah. One of the greatest shots in, in Cleveland sports history. One of the greatest moments in Cleveland sports history gets you 
a lot of leeway on things like flat earth. <laughs> yeah. If they built a statue of him on flat earth in front of the arena, I'd, I'd be all right with it. He brought a championship to Cleveland, not by himself, but no. still. No. It wasn't? I'm going to have to go back and look at that. I didn't realize that. <laughs> there, were other guys, the there were other guys on that there. team? There was one or two, yeah. I remember J.R. Yeah. Smith. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and moving to just to hit some NFL games, because it's always it's always interesting on a, a Sunday afternoon when the Browns aren't playing to get a chance to watch like some of the other games and stuff like that that are going on. And, and I was just blown away by the Chiefs because Mahomes took a 30 yard sack. They had a fourth and 42 after he got sacked on that play. He threw two picks in the game Three. and never once did it. Did he throw? That's oh, right. He, he, he threw another through. one late. Yeah, he threw another yeah. one late. There was never a sense that they were ever in any danger or ever going to lose that game yeah. because that team is just so loaded. And who yeah. in the AFC is, is beating the Chiefs this year? No one. No yeah, one. I don't think you're saying they're just. You watch it. It's like playing a, a Madden. It's like playing a Madden video game where everybody is a 95 rating at skill positions. Sure. It's it's one of the, like the really rare teams where you like they're so good and most people would hate them but not nobody hates them you can't hate patrick mm-hmm. mahomes you can't hate kelsey you can't hate any of those dudes they're just so athletic I think you could hate kelsey really i think you could hate that guy oh. yeah he's kind of an obnoxious dude but <laughs> i hate but mahomes awesome. state farm commercials well <laughs> yeah well it's, it's one thing but uh i don't see how anybody beats them you know watching a lot of Steeler games because the wife's a Steeler fan like they're they're good but they're not great so I don't know if there's any team in the NFL who's as good or great as the Chiefs even on a bad day Mahomes throws three interceptions it doesn't matter it just right. doesn't matter because he can throw six touchdowns too a- any right. other team is done when the quarterback turns the ball over three times and takes a 30-yard sack well, and the quarterback's done because quarterbacks get rattled. Mahomes doesn't let anything bother him. And I wouldn't either if I had that talent around me and it's like, okay, fine, I made some mistakes, big deal. Um, let me dump it out to Tyree Kill and he'll run 58 miles an hour down the sidelines for a touchdown. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous the amount of weapons he has. But it's not even that. Fourth and you one know, the, the defense had a safety. They had a, a punt return yeah. for a touchdown too. It's, it's all over the field. They, they seem to be fantastic. Yeah. No, their their defense is solid, uh, especially in the secondary. I like that, the, you know, Theron Matthew, I, I actually back in the day was hoping the Browns would pick him up. Um, that would have ruined his career. <laughs> but, you know, they, they just, they got a lot of good guys in the secondary. The linebackers are solid, but yeah, I mean, it's, it really is like Madden. I mean, one of those things where the punter never sees the field and even when you're on your own 20, you still go for it on fourth and 15. I think Madden 97 was the last time I played. <laughs> the game's changed a little bit since then. Not Has it? <laughs> is it still on Sega? <laughs> I'm sure you can find it. I was bummed to see the Raiders get beat pretty badly today by the Colts. Because uh, the Colts, I think, are a game behind the Browns in the wild card. And it would have been nice to to get them another game back. I'm not sure that Las Vegas team is uh, is anywhere near as good as we thought they might be when they beat the Browns and then had some other good games this year. Uh, I don't think they're making the playoffs anymore. They beat the Chiefs earlier this year, right, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're like, a, like a Jekyll and Hyde team. Yeah. Some weeks they look fantastic and then... Mm-hmm. Some weeks they look awful. Indianapolis, I don't think Indianapolis is, is a bad team. Like, I thought they should have beat the Browns. You know, like, they, they're yeah. a, a solid defense. I mean, other than Phillip Rivers, like, God bless him and his 20 children. But he, to me, is like... Is he older that, than us now, or is he, like, a year younger might, than us? He might be a year or two younger. Than, I think Tom Brady is our age after I that. I like that you Everybody's asked if he's older than us now, as if it could have changed. <laughs> But the Colts I'm are talking like team, up right? to the minute. Like, did he recently? <laughs> he was today his birthday? <laughs> 
I think the, the Colts have actually been a really good team a lot of the year. And Chuck, the, the Raiders, you don't know what team's showing up. I mean, every right. week, you know, that you know that fan base is getting all excited. Like, okay, maybe Derek Carr is the guy. And then the next yeah. week, they're like, get this guy the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're still in their uh, they're still in their grace period in Vegas. The yeah. Vegas fans, they don't mind. They'll take whatever they get on the field. And of course, none of them are getting there to go getting to go and watch. Do the Vegas but... fans know that they're there yet? Yes, of course. Yeah. Right. Vegas Vegas turns out for, for pro sports, man. They they were huge hockey, supporters that, that love that hockey team, man. Yeah. So I'm sure they're gonna support the Raiders. They annoy well. me because they won a championship. Then they won a championship within like the first two years. Their very like first their very first year. They went to the finals. They went to the finals. And, and I remember people talking to me when I lived there. Yeah. It was actually, um, they were making that run right at the time we were moving to Michigan. So they were making the run while I lived there. And then they actually played in the finals after we had moved. And people would ask me if I was excited. And I would say, no, this is bullshit, man. I've been a Cleveland fan man. for 40 years <laughs> dealing with this yeah. bullshit. And you guys get the, your first team ever. And it's first okay. season ever. First and they season. go all the way to the finals. You're an expansion team. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, an expansion team, and you're going to the finals. Yeah. Kind of like when we lost to the Marlins. It's like, screw you guys. You just bought a team. Yeah, exactly. You've been in existence for like two years. The NHL kind of did it right with that draft because they ensured that there would be a solid roster for that first year. Teams had to decide who they, they would protect in. They lost some like top six skaters on their team to go there. So I was I was excited about it. anytime a first year thing. I don't look at it as like the Marlins because like you're saying, Marlins bought and paid for it. But the, the Knights yeah. did not. You know, they just kind of no. NHL set them up to be successful. Not that successful. They shouldn't have been. But that was one of my favorite sports stories of that year was uh, yeah. going to the cup. Oh, aren't you a kind hearted soul compared to me? <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Just a hockey guy. <laughs> I like hockey. That, that's, I, I'm actually like you said, you're right. Like, I've. I, I don't follow hockey at all. I, I think it's probably because I never played. Like I've never been into hockey before, but I forgot that you're a hockey guy and can lend some insight into into hockey for us. I can try. I can be. I your, do. Yeah, your hockey. Dude. I do watch the Blue Jackets. I'm a Blue Jackets guy. I don't watch a lot of the other stuff, but I will watch the Blue Jackets, especially when they get in the playoffs. All right. Well, maybe Playoff you guys need a, a, a podcast to to talk about hockey. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Hey Chuck, is this a Steelers Buffalo's Bills game? Is this the biggest event in Western? Pennsylvania for the entire year? No, um, it's a big deal <laughs> yeah. uh, because, like, I, I live in a in, I live in a city where it's kind of split three ways. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, so like, there's a lot of Bills fans. Uh, there's a ton of steel. Uh, there might be a ton of Steeler fans because they're so loud and annoying, and they still wear their <laughs> Steeler jackets from 17 years ago. That are just are you talking about your wife right now? No, uh, no, she still wears a Heinz Ward jersey though. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> It's kind of if she was wearing do. a jacket from 17 years ago, that would have been from when she was 11. <laughs> 11. Correct. But it, it, yeah, it's, it's a big deal here. It, it's surprisingly in Erie, the fourth like most favorite NFL team is the Dolphins for some reason. And I think it's because Marino went to Pitts. I, I can't uh, like, yes. figure out why. I tried to ask them. Be. They looked at me like I was an asshole. And that's okay because typically I am. But uh, <laughs> I would yeah, say. Are you sure it was because of that question? Yeah, this game, uh, the Bills Steeler game is probably getting a hefty rating tonight in the Erie market. PA. <laughs> Probably everywhere, but it should be a good game, man. Both fantastic teams. I like this Buffalo yeah. team. I like yeah, I'll tell you what. I like those Christmas jerseys they're wearing. Uh, Buffalo's or, wearing the red? Yeah, they're wearing the red. Their quarterback, man, he's been set with Josh Allen. Is it? Yeah. Uh, there's Allen. so many of these Allens now I feel like in the NFL. I'm really getting sick of it. Yeah. I'm getting <clears throat> yeah. tired of it. They should do right. something. The name. They should do really something. Bothering me. 
<laughs> what other Allens are there? Brandon Allen was, I believe, quarterbacking for the Bengals today. Yep. And then uh, Jared Allen. Ray Allen. Uh, Bruce Bill, Allen. Billy Allen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look it up. He's out there somewhere. <laughs> All right, fellas, with that, let's uh, go ahead and take another break and we'll move on to our off the field segment. This episode of Unprofessional and Unprepared is brought to you by Recording for Dummies. The latest edition of an American classic is here to help you once again understand something so simple for most people that you might literally be a dummy if you need a book to explain it. The latest edition Recording for Dummies takes its readers through the intricacies of pressing record to start recording and then pressing the same button to stop recording. The ability for amateurs to record sound has been available to the masses since cassette tapes hit the mainstream. Nonetheless, recording artists, podcasters, and people with a lot of years of formal education still struggle to grasp the concept. Struggling with the challenge of pressing one button? Then you need Recording for dummies. All right. Welcome back. And we are moving off the field. And I I hate to hit topics two weeks in a row, but I just couldn't avoid this one. I read an article this week about Dolly Parton saved a member of the cast for the Broadway show she is doing. It was like a kid, like a nine-year-old kid was walking out into the street and Dolly like pulled her out from in front of a moving car. <laughs> and I'm just... There's there's nothing there's nothing this woman can't do and this this entire thing started because she was the official twelfth man I guess whatever for Tennessee when they played the Browns a couple of weeks ago and then we uh, it was actually Chuck asked for us to talk about it on the pod that night which we actually did although again yeah. it wasn't recorded so nobody knows <laughs> except for me and Dango yeah. and Burke. for the record we're not hitting the same topic twice because nobody heard it the first time. <laughs> But I, I think that Dolly is one of those people that if you're not like a fan and you don't know her real well, she's almost like a punchline. <clears throat> but she's, as Burke said earlier today, she's apparently Batman. She saved this kid. She donated money to help with the development of the COVID vaccine. And so far, she's the only private individual I've heard who did that. She's, she's a big supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement, and she somehow does it in a way that doesn't alienate a portion of her fan base that I'm sure is not that supportive of it, or at least, you know, if not supportive of it, you know, disagrees with the way that it's conducted, the way that some, whatever it is. Dolly Parton's amazing. So I, I wanted to give you both a chance to give your thoughts on Dolly because I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure we've elected the right entertainers to be political <laughs> figures. And I feel like Dolly maybe should be on the ticket Jeez. at some point. Yeah. She's pretty great. Uh, that resume you're talking about, she's basically an angel walking on earth. You know, I, I said when we she's, were starting, she's that, too young to be president. That that she's done all, <laughs> <laughs> she's done all this, and uh, with my son, I get a free book for him from Dolly Parton every month uh, for the first year of her or his his life. So you'll get no uh, bashing of Dolly from me. Um, I think she is a uh, an entertainer that kind of transcended a lot of things. Uh, she acted, she mm. sings, and now all of a sudden, for some reason, last year it kind of started around the holidays. Like she made this like massive 
comeback into like pop culture where you know like your kid Tommy or Gerb they they don't know who Dolly Parton is but like last year she was she was kind of everywhere she got her NBC special she got a show on Netflix like a movie about her life so I, I just think like she I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say anything terrible or in my family nobody hates Dolly Parton I think she's extremely likable uh, and she's I don't think anybody safe. hates her yeah, I think that's, that's the amazing thing right, especially right. today is how does nobody hate Dolly right. like Bert, new- do you hate Dolly um, you know, every once in a while, there's some feelings that creep in, but for the most part, I've been able to keep those away. Yeah, no, she's just one of those entertainers, which it is, it's impossible these days to not be canceled or had, have, you know, they didn't find a tweet from her from uh, years ago where she said something racist or something. Who knows? Everybody seems to get hit at some point. Right. But there's those certain people like a, like a Derek Jeter. Somehow he dates every woman on the planet. Now, I've never heard one of them say anything bad about the guy. I don't know how you do that. How do you pull that off? That's, I think he gave him gift baskets. Yeah, gave him I, gift think so. baskets. I think so. I think so. I mean, sh- what is in those gift baskets? It's amazing. <laughs> and I'm sure he was probably like the first major athlete who made these women sign like non-disclosures yeah. when they walked out of his apartment right. or where at our hotel room. No, I'm when they sure. walked in. Well, oh, yeah, probably that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but how many of these people in, in the media and everything don't even care about those things and they still end up running their mouths? But yeah, I mean, she's just, like I said last week, that don't be heard. Um, she reminds Stop me of being down. <laughs> she reminds me <laughs> literally of being down in like my basement, my parents playing music with people over in my first, the first house that I grew up in in Lynnhurst for for seven years of my life and i just i mean that's what i think of as artists like dolly barton that playing on the the record player i guess at that point or the a-track so yeah and to, to be around that long and really never hear something negative about her it's amazing it's a, heck of a, it's a heck of a run when chip is done with those books can i get them yeah i will send <laughs> cool. them to you once a month for the next year awesome thank you i'm gonna really look forward no to that yeah they're wonderful not sure not sure if you can handle them but they're right. classics too it's not like so the first book she sent was like the, the little engine or the little train that could it wasn't like some knockoff book it was oh really okay real. so, she didn't write that no <laughs> she's a fraud it's i should have clarified that she sends yeah. children's books not ones that she's actually oh penned. she's not writing them <laughs> no i thought she was no. gonna say oh here's moby dick look at me <laughs> Your kids read Moby Dick when they were like two years no, old. I don't think I don't think they even know know what that book is either. Yeah, they don't know Dolly Parton. They don't know Moby Dick. Yeah. So another thing that was interesting that caught my eye this week was some pretty high profile and pretty big figure sales of recording catalogs by artists. So Bob Dylan sold his this week. Uh, they think for something in the range of three hundred million. David Crosby has already been out on Twitter saying that he's in the process of selling his. I think Stevie Nicks sold hers. So I'm I'm curious, Chuck, you're always a guy to go to and I got questions about music. So tell me, what is this what is this telling us about the the music industry right now? So seeing seeing those three, right? do it dylan got probably the most press because 300 million is a lot of money i assume That's you're also going... because it's bob dylan right. just, he doesn't Correct. seem like a guy who would who would do that yeah i, I would assume it's because it, some sort of financial model says that taking that buyout in the long run would net him more if he held on to it because it, it's different now when when you would sell an album or you would sell a, a cd at that point uh, or you would even sell a digital download now the, the majority of music is ingested via streaming whether it's pandora mm-hmm. or spotify apple music and you are getting a micro fraction for every time a song plays basically you, you get mm-hmm. next to nothing so I, I just assume that these artists who have these massive catalogs who record companies can then license that music out to whatever and make more money off movies that it's in or 
or TV shows that it's in, the model for these guys would be to cash out now because they have no, the, the way they make money now is touring and there is no touring for the last year and there probably won't be for another year. Uh, it, and even Bob Dylan, how old is he? He's mid seventies, maybe yeah. later. How, how many dates is he going to do out there? You know, how, how many more times is he going to get out on stage and, and do that kind of stuff? I, I just think they're making the most money they possibly can right now before it's before it's over they just don't make money anymore off sales it's either concerts and those guys aren't doing it tommy what do you think well i'm gonna go ahead and agree with chuck because obviously chuck knows way more about music than i do but yeah i mean it is it's a whole different ballgame i mean back in the day they could sell millions of albums and that's where they made a lot of their money and then they would tour and they i mean that's how these guys are so so rich it's like ridiculously rich but these bands nowadays basically it's like chuck said it's touring and you know who's who's buying cds or anything at this point it is it's all streaming and these streaming companies a lot of it, a lot of it you get it for free so you know they're they, they must be paying out based on um advertising revenue to these artists i would assume that's where they're making they got to be making their money because they're not making it off of a lot of subscriptions unless people are paying premium to get rid of ads and things like that you know i don't know how a lot of these streaming companies do it and how they're able to play the music I don't know. Well, they got to be paying. They've got to be paying yes. the artist something right. every time somebody plays a song. Yeah, I don't right. know if it ever adds up to the same amount as when you were selling records. Never. I but, but I guess I yeah, guess my never. point is is how are these streaming services actually paying the artists? And they have they have to be paying money. Based off. Use money. Probably. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> probably those those uh, giant novelty <laughs> checks like they use the PGA tour. I think that's yeah. the same yeah. thing. The bigger uh, check, the better. Yeah. But I mean, they're only making money, I assume, off, off of ads because, like I said, a lot of it, you can get a lot of this stuff for free. You and I assume you being, you being a, you know, having experience as a contract lawyer, uh, I assume a lot of those recording contracts have to be revised within the last five years they've been to include streaming revenue, which an artist will look at is, is not a viable model for them to make money. They're just, I want to say it's like for every stream, it's, I think you make under a penny. You make like a fraction of a penny, depending on what platform it's on. So, I mean, granted, you could look at certain people and they have 300 million streams and that it right. just doesn't equate to $300 million. Mm. So I assume that's why Dylan just cashed out and said, you know, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm good. 300 million is, you know, my, my kids, my kids, kids, kids will be fine on that for, unless COVID kills us all, uh, th they'll be fine <laughs> for a very long time. Well, Jacob Dylan was already set because... That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Wallflowers were a hell of a band and he did yeah. it right. Nobody knew he was Dylan's kid when they made it. That's well, not true. I mean, Everybody one, knew that he was. Well, one headlight one head head makes record, money on its own. Record labels didn't know. He didn't shop the band as like, hey, um, Dylan's oh, kid. Oh, I didn't he, know that. Yeah, he kind of kept it quiet. He wanted yeah. to do it on his own and they did. Well, yeah, I mean, when you, when you have songs like One Headlight, stuff like that, I mean, you can't really be stopped. <laughs> now that these, you know, Dylan, David Crosby... Uh, Stevie Nicks, these, I guess, an older generation of rock stars, are, their songs are now free to be used in commercials and stuff like that. Where do you think we're going to start hearing their songs? I don't know. It won't be free. Just the, the label makes that money for the licensing right, of the artists. Right, right. Yeah. So which, uh, which, which, gosh. which products in American culture are going to dive into the, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, the Bob Dylan catalog? It's gonna be, yeah, it's going to be some sort of implanted medicine? drug. Yeah, that's that's all it is now. Like it, all the Medicare commercials that are on yeah, like the news like, channels. Yeah, I, like watch Wheel of Fortune one night in every commercial <laughs> yeah, for right. something uh, that you could take a pill or get an injection for. And they're starting to use like I, I heard it wasn't a it was for but like old dirty bass has licensed uh, a song for like a detergent now. 
they changed the lyrics, but it's still old, dirty bastard. Like, nice. Well, so. now that's his estate that's got to be. Didn't ODB yeah, die like a decade ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think they yeah. Got he had a bunch of cocaine balloons in his stomach, and they <laughs> ruptured. Oh, man. Uh, that never goes well. Well, speaking of aging rock stars, I don't know if you guys saw last night that Springsteen and the E Street Band played on Saturday Night Live. I did not see I it did because not see it. Chip was up, but I saw the promos, and I and I thought they did a really nice job, especially with Van Zant like acting like an idiot in one of them. But I, I will watch it tonight. I should have, I, knowing that you were going to ask, I should have watched it on like YouTube before. But no, then you'd be I, it, it's great. Like he becomes, he transcends generation. Like he is a icon. So why not put him on Saturday Night Live, especially around the holiday? And I like the new album a lot. He still performs at a high level, not like Bob Dylan, I would assume. Um, so. <laughs> It was well, awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad that you got some SNL time. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I did not stay up to watch it because I'm, I'm far too old for that. But I watched it this morning on YouTube, and I will tell you that um, there there is a there is a creeping fear in me that the E Street Band may be maybe starting to lose a little bit of that edge on stage. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think the new album is outstanding. I, I really really enjoy it. I don't put it up there you know, my pantheon of darkness on the edge of town and born to run, but it's a really great album, really well written, sounds fantastic. And I, and I watched those performances last night and I just thought, Oh boy, these guys, they just don't look like they can bring that power. And I don't know if it was, it just didn't sound good. And I don't know if it was something to do with the system that they were using last night at, at the studio, or if they just don't, maybe they don't translate to that, type of venue compared to an arena show they didn't have the whole band but overall i was a little bit nervous that uh that Springsteen might be losing it and I might not be getting to see too many more of those shows. Well, I mean, the, the good thing is that you can still call it the E Street Band and just have hired guns, younger, <laughs> vibrant musicians who can replace those people. I know it won't be the same for a purist no. like you, but I mean, that's, you know, like shit, Kiss has been doing it for 30 years with two other guys who aren't really Kiss. Um, I don't know if they would ever do that. I mean, they replaced like Clarence with his nephew, and actually a whole horn section. They took one guy out when Clarence died, replaced him with a whole horn section. Obviously they're filling in people because they, they had another uh, Danny Federici died. I don't know. You guys still, would you, would you tune in to Saturday Night Live anymore for the musical act? Like just for the musical act? No. No, not unless, I don't really I mean, tune in anyways, but yeah, um, I, I mean, if it was an event, like if I was, if Chip wasn't up last night crying, uh, I probably would have watched it. I would think if it was somebody who was like, if Rage Against the Machine decided to play two weeks, I would make sure I stayed up to watch that because I haven't seen them actually perform live in 20 plus years or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it depends who it is. If, it, if it's like an, any new artist, it just, it's music has become so disposable. There's nobody I'm like, I really need to hear it. I need to see how they sound live because most yeah. of them have probably never performed live. You know, they put their music on SoundCloud or TikTok and all of a sudden you're famous uh, and you've never done a live show before. So I don't know if I'd stay up to watch any of those people. If I knew Bruce was maybe going to like remix Philadelphia, um, <laughs> I probably would have tuned in. Why would it need yeah. to be remixed, Tom? It was perfect the first time. Sure was. I mean, it, it was. I just wanted to maybe see what else he would do with it. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. What, what, are you, what are you looking for? Maybe exactly? speed it up. Speed it up. Maybe turn it into like a happy song. Somehow. <laughs> now that would be talent. <laughs> well, we'll. I guess we'll. We'll keep holding our breath for that one. Hey, have you guys seen <laughs> the trailer for a new movie called A Nobody? 
with Bob Odenkirk. I saw the poster. I haven't seen the trailer. I saw the trailer today. It's I saw something on Facebook where it was described as um, John Wick meets Better Call Saul. I think it looks fantastic. It doesn't come out till February, and who knows if there'll still be movies or even a world in February. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. right. Well, now <laughs> all the movies does, I think we should check it out. Stream. Every, every movie now, is yeah. they're just coming straight to streaming, which I would assume that they can't make the same kind of money, but I don't know. I guess um, I've actually... It's better than making no money, I suppose. That's true. Yeah, and I, and you know what? I've, I've purchased a, a couple movies for the kids to watch in here and there, and they're not that cheap. So I guess I guess they could still make a decent amount. But, of course, you're only getting that one fee per household versus having a whole right. group go to a movie. So you're not going to bring in as much revenue. But like you said, better than nothing. All right, boys, that's all I have. So I want to uh, thank you guys both for joining me tonight. Chucky, thanks for coming on for the first time. Before we go, I want to give a little shout out to our buddy, Logan Denko. Logan apparently took a a tumble this week, um, but he is out of the hospital. He's back home. According to Phil, he's he's doing pretty well. But I want us all to send uh, all of our best wishes to the Denko family and Logan for uh, hopefully a speedy recover for the little guy. Absolutely. I got got the Christmas card yesterday with the boys on it, so... And then I saw that he hurt his elbow, yeah. so I hope a speedy recovery as well. Yeah, luckily they took that. They must have taken that beforehand. And then, uh, <laughs> I would assume so, yes. Yeah. Probably a safe assumption, but I don't know. Walgreens Walgreens does cards really fast yeah, now. They are fast. So maybe, yeah. maybe on the way to the hospital, they just stop real quick, yeah. pose for a photo. That kid's a trooper, man. Uh, that, that kid is, he's definitely got some, some Danko toughness in him if that's what he could do. That, that's amazing. Sure. You got to get Logan on the pod. Him and Dolly Parton, I guess, are the, the oh, two man. toughest people. Like we know. Batman and Robin. <laughs> All right, fellas, we are out of here for tonight. Thanks again for uh, playing along, and we'll see you again next week. Awesome. Thanks, boys.